think that God wants to demonstrate his power to us. He does, amen? He does. You may be seated if you can. But the Lord is a wonderful and merciful God. And thank you, Brother Jason, for leading us in those songs. God bless you, brother. God is good, amen? Oh, I tell you why. Sometimes I think it would be good just to have a good old gospel singing. Amen. You like to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 16. I'm going to read a portion of scripture there. But the bulk of my message tonight will come from the 18th chapter. And I begin to think earlier today, matter of fact, just a little bit when I was standing down there in the front row there. The title of my message is God Demonstrates His Power. And sometimes we don't think about that. Does God really demonstrate his power to us? And I begin to think about it as I was standing there. And I look about this congregation and everyone that I see, he's already demonstrated his power in you. Because he's brought you to the house of God. He's given to you the strength that you have, the blessings that you have, the breath of life to be able to breathe he has demonstrated his power already in this church. Amen? And I believe the Lord is going to do something for us tonight if we listen to his word. And I want to read a portion of scripture here and found in 1 Kings chapter 16, verses 30 through 33, and then we will go further. It says, Now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, more than all who were before him. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ithabel, king of the Sidians. And he went and served Bel and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Bel in the temple of Bel, which is he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed tonight to be in the house of God. We are so blessed tonight to have been through and been a part of that wonderful time of praise and worship. Lifting up our voices in song and music. Lifting up our hands to you. Praising you, Father. Worshiping you. We thank you for all that you've already done in this service so far. But Lord, I ask a blessing tonight upon this word. This is your word, Father. It's not my words, but it is your word. And I pray that God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, would come down upon my mind, upon my heart, that God, you would use me as your servant tonight to deliver your word, and that you would bless this congregation, this wonderful congregation, that you'll bless them spiritually, that you would anoint their ears and their hearts, and they hear the word, receive the word, and respond to the word, Father. And Lord, I will give you the praise as we all will tonight. We will thank you. We will honor you. We will glorify you for all things. In Jesus' holy name. And everyone said, Amen. 
But I begin to think, does God demonstrate his power? We usually don't think much along those lines. We just come into the house of God. We know God's God. We know God heals. We say he heals. He blesses. He redeems us. But do we really ponder who God is? Do we really think about God and what he wants to do for us? And I want you to do that tonight. I just read a scripture to you about Ahab and Jezebel, how bad they were. I believe the scripture said here that they did more to provoke the God of Israel than any other king before him. That's what it says in the word of God. So there comes a time in your life that when we have got to take note of what God wants to do for us. So we're going to be looking tonight at the prophet Elijah to discover that God does demonstrate his power. And if you here tonight want to receive more of God, if you here tonight have been touched by the Holy Spirit and you want to draw closer to God, want to be what God wants you to be, then this word is for you. And if you're here tonight just by chance and you haven't really given it much thought then maybe the Lord hasn't prodded your heart and is not dealing with you as of yet, this word is still for you. Amen? Because the word of God is how we are fed. When we hear the word of God, we read the word of God, and we get the word of God in our heart, in our mind. The word of God says it is powerful, amen? amen. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. Able to do for us what we want it to do and need it to do. By the time Elijah the prophet came on a scene, the nation of Israel had split into two countries. The northern nation was Israel and the southern nation was Judah. The northern nation of Israel was trying to worship two gods at the same time. The God of Baal and the God that we serve tonight. They were trying to worship two gods. And the king and queen was Ahab and Jezebel and they are remembered for their wickedness and their idolatry. Ahab did more then all the others before him did more to provoke God, as the scripture says. God decided to demonstrate his power to Ahab and Jezebel and the rebellious nation of Israel. He decided to demonstrate it through the prophet Elijah. God had warned Israel many times before that there were going to be some consequences for the lives that they were living. And in our life today, if we are not careful, there is going to be some consequences if we're not living for God the way that his word tells us to. Amen? Whether we want to believe it or not, you can look at me and you can say, I, it doesn't matter to me or I don't believe the word of God. It doesn't matter what you say or I say, but this is the word of God and it is truth tonight. And those that don't believe the word of God, they one day, unless God touches their heart and they respond to that change, they're going to bust wide open. Amen? They're going to do that. But God warned Israel. He says, he said, and if we're not careful, 
I'm telling us tonight, church, if we're not careful, the same can happen to us. Maybe in a different light, in a different way from what they worship Baal, the God of Baal. You see, in the Word of God in the 18th chapter, Jezebel, it says in verse, let me see, I think it is. Yes, verse 4, for so it was that while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord, that Obadiah the, had taken a hundred and hid them in two different caves. They were killing God's people. They were worshiping Baal, an idol, a god. And if we're not careful, this can happen to us. We say that we love God, but we allow things to come between us and God. Things, for instance, throughout the year, there are times in your life that you want to go away to do something, to be with the family. And I'm not talking about a scheduled vacation time. I'm not talking about a time to where you just want to get away with your family because you're, maybe the stress is getting to you and you're tired and you need to relax. I'm not talking about anything like that. I am talking tonight about things that come between you and God. When you wake up on one Sunday morning and you turn over to your wife or your wife turns over to the husband and they say, Honey, I think we want to go, we're going to go to the ball game today. We're going to go see the Falcons play. And most of us know that the Falcons play at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Amen? And we also know in order to get there on time and to find your seats that you're going to have to miss church. I'm talking about things like this that come between you and God, between you and the house of God, between you and coming and worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. These things can become idols to you as well. Amen? They can be, they become more important. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a ball game just like the next one. I do. But I love my Lord more. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. How much do you love God? How much do you want to be in the presence of God? How much do you prepare your heart to come into the house of God like we have done tonight? Uh, how much have you prayed through the middle of the week and sought God uh, so God's divine will can be taking place in their service on Sunday instead of letting something interfere with you and coming to the house of God? Uh, I'm not talking about a scheduled time, but I'm talking about just sometimes. Uh, and you say, well, what's it going to hurt? It's just the one time. What about the second time and the third time and the fourth time? Look about you tonight. Think in your mind. How many people do you know that have not been in the house of God in such a while and you don't know why they haven't been here? Where are they at? We have members. We have visitors. We have attendees. We have multiple people coming and going out those doors and not coming back for a time. Something's caused them and pulled them away from the house of God. What is it? What is pulling people away? And in Deuteronomy 11, 16 and 17a, it says, Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you. One day, 
God sent Elijah the prophet to King Ahab to make an announcement to King Ahab. And in chapter 17 of 1 Kings verse 1, it says that Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except my word. And Elijah prayed that prayer and God heard that prayer and the rain stopped just like that. And the word says it did not rain. God was proving himself. God was going to demonstrate himself to Israel, to Ahab, to Jezebel, that you cannot do what you're doing and get away with it. So God said in James 5 and 17, Elijah said this. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Please note tonight that Elijah was a human being just like you and I are tonight. Elijah was not a special person. Elijah didn't have any superpowers or anything like that except the fact that he prayed, except the fact that he believed in God and had faith in God. That's how God used him. And tonight, any of us, if we're going to be a praying man or a woman. Uh, you better be ready for God to use you uh, because God will speak to you uh, just as he spoke to Elijah when he told Elijah. He said you tell Ahab for me. Uh, you give him something uh, that the rain is going to stop. Uh, you'll have no more water. Things are going to dry up. The crops are going to dry. I told you there's going to be consequences for your life that you're living. And God is trying to tell the church the same thing that tonight I believe, uh, that we are playing around on God. Uh, we're playing church uh, when we think we can come through those front doors right there uh, only when we want to. Uh, and it seems to be uh, that the only time I was talking to somebody just earlier today, I went to the hospital to visit somebody. And we got to talking about that a little bit, about how people do, don't come to the house of God until they need something from God. That's the only time anymore it seems like. I'm here to tell us tonight, if this church... This church should be packed on a Wednesday night with people coming to hear the word of God. This church should be packed with people coming to praise God. Uh, oh, hallelujah. Brother Sammy just commented a while ago uh, that he wasn't a cheerleader. It's not my responsibility or his uh, to get up here and say, come on, church. Uh, stand up. Uh, raise your hands. Uh, begin to clap your hands. Uh, you should automatically want to do these things because you're in the presence of God. Amen? That's what it's all about. And if you cannot do that, then take a step or two back and begin to think about your life with God. Is it what it needs to be? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Or is there something not quite right? Are we serving other gods besides the true God? Think about that tonight, church. Think about it tonight. Elijah was just a man like you and I are. But if we don't respond by using the faith that God has given us. You see, God is taking care of everything for us. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, what does it say in the last of that verse? 
He says that God has given to every one of us a measure of faith. Uh, he has given everything to us that we will need to draw to him, to draw closer to him, to worship him. Uh, but if we don't, uh, God will deal with us one day. Uh, in Matthew 19, 26, it says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Amen? You see, if we can believe as Elijah did, if we can pray as he did, and God will hear our prayers, and God will answer our prayers, but we have got to believe in the word of God. We've got to believe in the way that Jesus wants us to believe. When it says in the book, and it will not rain until I speak a word, and it stops raining, it says in the book that it will rain again, and it begins to rain. We have got to believe in what the word of God says. After it was obvious that there was going to be a drought, Ahab started looking for Elijah. But God knew what was going to take place. God knew that Elijah was going to be looked for, sought for, tried to be found. And what does God do? God speaks to his servant. God moves upon his servant. And he tells him, go to the brook Cherith. And you stay there. And you drink from the brook. Because I've commanded the ravens. Oh, hallelujah. How would it be? Yes, go ahead and clap your hands if you want. Because God commanded the birds of the air to bring food to his servant. God took care of his servant. And he will take care of you here tonight if you will believe in him. But you've got to put him to the test. Amen? You've got to prove him. You've got to know that God in your heart is going to do for you what he did for Elijah. But I wonder sometimes, has God tried to speak to you? Has God ever tried to speak to me and I didn't know it? Because I wasn't close enough to feel that still, small voice? We've got to pray, church. We've got to seek God. We've got to believe in him as the word tells us to. And that he will speak to us as he did Elijah and use us for his glory. But the word says that the ravens brought him meat and bread in the morning and meat and bread in the evening until the brook dried up. And then when the brook dried up, God came back on the scene and he said, Elijah, I need you to move on just a little bit. There's no more water here because of the drought that was prayed for. I'm proving a point to you tonight is what God was saying to him. I want you to go to Zarephath. There's a widow woman there. She's going to provide for you. Ask her. And Elijah walks up, gets to the gate and sees a widow woman out there picking up sticks. He said, excuse me, can I have a cup of water? And she turns to go get him a cup of water. Turns to go get him a cup of water. And he automatically says, could you bring me a morsel of bread when you come? And she said, sir, I just want to tell you something. Now, I'm paraphrasing here, okay? It's all right to do that, isn't it? It's the word. She said, sir, as, as the Lord God of heaven, as your God knows, I only have a little oil and a little flour that I was going to go bake my son and myself a small piece of bread and we were going to eat that and die. But Elijah told her, he said, go do what you said you was going to do. He said, go ahead and do that. But I'm telling you right now, first, bake me a piece of bread and bring it to me and then go and do for yourself and your son. And then what does he say in that very next verse? He says in verse 14, I believe it is, he said, for thus says, oh, listen, Elijah 
He didn't say to the lady, to the widow woman, he said, well, if, if you, could you make them a little bit smaller and maybe make me a little bit? Or if you go ahead and just bake what you can, bake all that you can, and if there's something left over, I'll eat it. No. He told her. He said, go bake me a cake first. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe God told her, told him to say that. God spoke to him what to say, and he spoke it to her, and she turned around, and she did exactly what he was told to do. And it says in verse 14, he said, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not rot, use, be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain uh, and her jar never ran empty uh, it never went without anything in it uh, she had food uh, why because uh, Elijah was obedient to God uh, why because she was obedient to what Elijah told her to do Amen. that's how come and when we can do that as men and women of God when we believe in the God of our salvation, uh, God will do for us. Uh, how many of you tonight uh, can say that God has done something similar to you like that? Uh, I want to see a show of hands. Uh, how many can say tonight uh, that God has blessed you? Uh, I'm going to tell you something tonight. Uh, there's been times in my life uh, I hadn't always been as wealthy as I am tonight. I haven't always been as wealthy as I am tonight. There was a time in my life when I didn't have any money in the bank and I owed tithes to him. And don't you tell me. You see, the devil knows things. And he comes on the scenes. He said, now, Daryl, you know if you pay your tithes, you're going to go without. And I'm one of these guys. I'm going to tell you, I'm one of these guys. I check my mail religiously. I even checked it the other day. Wasn't there a holiday the other day? I checked the mail that day to make sure I didn't have any mail in it. That's how I am. But it, I wrote my check out. I wrote it to the church for X number of dollars. I walked myself, my wife and I did. We went into that church. We dropped that tithe check into the offering plate knowing, knowing that we didn't have. And when I got home, we lived in a community where the mailboxes were on the side of the door, by the door. You know what I'm talking about? I walked up to my door. I put my hand in that mailbox. And when I put my hand in that mailbox, I felt something in the mailbox. There was a check in the mailbox made out to my name. God blessed because I honored him. I'm going to tell you something else. Uh, there was another time in my life on a Sunday night. Uh, oh, hallelujah. I didn't know where the money was going to come from. And it's not always money. But this time it happened to be money. Uh, I needed $256 the very next morning. Uh, or something bad was going to happen. Uh, oh, hallelujah. And I didn't know what was taking place. Uh, and somebody walked up to me one night in church uh, and gave me an envelope. Uh, and I opened that envelope. And in that envelope was $260 uh, and paid my way. There was another time. Oh, hallelujah. You see, when we trust God, when we believe in God, God will do for us what no other can do. There was another time when I needed something. Oh, hallelujah. I really wasn't without, but it was a little cramped. You see what I'm saying? Somebody walks up to me, Brother Sammy, 
walks up to me and gives me a check for $1,100. $1,100. God blesses those that bless him. God honors those that honors him. And I believe tonight that his word is trying to tell us that we need to be obedient to him. We cannot serve him in manna. We cannot serve him in other gods. He's a jealous God. I'm getting ahead of myself. Finally, after three and a half years, it was time for God to demonstrate his power to Israel. And in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Elijah did as he was told and appeared before Ahab. Elijah called Ahab Together, he said, gather all the people, the nation of Israel together, all the prophets of Baal, gather them all. You see, Jezebel had already killed most of the prophets of God. There's consequences to our lives if we're not careful. The motive, three things quickly that I want us to examine tonight in the passage of Scripture. Three things. Elijah's motives was that he wanted Israel to know the true God in Israel. Because there was a false prophet, particularly the prophets of Baal, who were being worshipped. Elijah wanted Israel to know the only true God. God wanted Israel to know the only true God. He also wanted it to be known as the servant of God. If Elijah was going to be listened to, he needed to be clear. It needed to be clear that he was God's servant. He also wanted it to be known that what he had done and was doing was through the direction of God. You see, we've got to be close enough to the Lord to where God can speak to us. And we know that it's God. We know that it's God. He wanted it to be known that the proclamation of the drought the hiding that he did when he was in hiding, the contest that we will talk about in just a moment between him and the prophets of Baal were all according to the God that he served to God's will. You see, if we want to see God's power working through us, we need to have the same motives, amen? Whatever we ask for should be because we want people to know the only true God. Whatever we ask God to do should be because we want him to be glorified and not ourselves. Whatever we ask, we for should because we want to know that he is a true God. And whatever we ask for should be because we want it known that our nations are according to the will of God. Our actions are according to the will of God. God speaks to those that speaks to him. Amen? God speaks to those that speaks to him. To those that praise to him to those that believe in him, to those that knows his word and reads his word. These are the ones that God can speak to. And if you're not being spoken to by the Lord, then maybe you need to take another step or two back and reevaluate our relationship with the Lord. Where am I at? How close I am to the Lord? Am I doing what God says to do in his word? Do I read his word? Do I pray? Do I fast? Do I do the things that we're supposed to be doing? What methods did Elijah use so God would answer the prayers? He confronted Israel in what they were doing. He confronted them. God told him, call Ahab, bring them together, get all the prophets of Baal before me. 
The children of Israel were trying to serve God and Baal at the same time. How many of us are just like that? We want the pleasures of the world, all the things of the world, and God at the same time. It doesn't work that way because God is a jealous God. Amen? God is a jealous God. Exodus 34, 14 says, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Matthew 6 and 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. There are times for God to demonstrate his power. And in tonight's service, I believe this is a time when God wants to demonstrate his presence, his power, his authority in God's people, the body of Christ. We have to say to others, don't flip-flop. If you're going to serve the Lord, then serve the Lord. If you're not going to serve the Lord, and you're going to serve the world and the money and the gods of the world and the things of the world, then do that. But don't try to ride the fence because God is a jealous God. You have to decide what is best, and it is best to serve the Lord. He challenged the prophets of Baal. In verses 22 and through 24, Elijah proposed a contest, if you please. The prophets of Baal, who was a sun god and a god of fire, were to prepare a sacrifice but not light it, not put any fire to it. Elijah would do the same, the word says. Uh, the god that sent fire from heaven was going to be the true god. Uh, if you are believers tonight, uh, then you know who the true god is. Uh, Elijah gave every advantage to to, the, to Baal and to Ahab. He let them do it first. He said, bring two bulls. You choose a bull. You build the altar. You cut up the bull. You put the bull on the altar, but don't light it. And then you call in your God. He let them have all that. They started early that morning with to noon, the scripture says. It says, Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. You see, Elijah let them go first. Uh, and then verse 26 says, They called on their gods from morning until noon, uh, and saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. Uh, no one answered. They even cut themselves with knives and lances until the blood gushed out. Elijah made fun of them, saying, God, your God must be meditating or busy or on a journey, or sleeping, and needs to be awakened, is what the word says. And when midday had passed, they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one paid any attention. Elijah let the prophets of Baal go first. And why did he do that? We already had the contest involved in the God of fire. One of their, their gods was called the God of fire. So they expected fire to be able to come down, but it did not. Uh, but it now, uh, it's Elijah's turn. Uh, and if you want to look at verse 31 through 35 of that chapter 18, uh, I'm going to read it, what it says, uh, because I believe uh, that we need to hear the word of God tonight. Uh, and it says, Elijah, you see, the altar had already been destroyed, and Elijah was building it back. Uh, it says here, and Elijah took 12 stones uh, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, uh, to whom 
whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two seers of seeds. And he put the wood in order. He cut the bull in pieces. He laid it on the wood and said, he said, I want you to fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt offering and the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. He said, I want you to do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And so the water ran all around the altar. And it also filled the trench where the water with water. Oh, hallelujah. When Elijah offered the sacrifice, he had doused it with water multiple times, three different times. The other guys, whoever they were, they didn't do that. They had a dry, a dry wood to work with. But Elijah said, pour water on it. Pour all that you can on it. How do we make concessions? When Elijah offered his sacrifice, he had doused it with water. Elijah did everything to prove that God was the true God. It will seem that God had given every advantage to Baal, to Ahab, to Jezebel to the children of Israel. Sometimes the situations we are asking God for seem to get worse before they get better. Would you agree with that? But we still have to believe. We still have to believe. When this happens, it means that God gets more glory when he answers our prayers. But in verse 36, here we go. It says that it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God of Israel, and I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stone and even the dust and it licked up all the water that was in the trench now when all the people saw it they fell to their faces and they did say the Lord he is God the Lord he is God I'm here to tell us tonight if we cannot believe in God then there's something wrong with our hearts we need to be seeking God we need to be proving God and God proved to the children of Israel that he was the true God. He did what he said he was going to do. Oh, hallelujah. Can you say amen to the word of God? The people of Baal, they're nothing. It's just like you and I. If we get caught up in life, if we want more of the world than we're supposed to have, you see, there's nothing wrong with having certain things in the world. But if you dabble a little bit too much, if you get a little bit too much involved in something, it can come back and bite you. The consequences are going to be there. So we've got to be careful with what we do in the world. Uh, God is telling us tonight, I believe, uh, that if you're my son, uh, if you're my daughter, if you will bow before me, if you will pray, if you will believe, uh, if you will use the faith that I have given you, then I will hear your voice. Uh, I will respond to you. Uh, I will talk to you. Uh, I will direct you. Uh, I will be there for you is what God is saying. Uh, and then Elijah, what does he do? 
Two different times in this chapter, he cried to the Lord. One we just talked about. He cried to the Lord and prayed, and God answered a prayer. The second was after the contest was over, if you please. He went a little further up the mountain. He went a little further up the mountain. I believe the word says he cast himself down to the ground, scrunched himself up, and he began to pray that it would rain again. Oh, hallelujah. You see, God wants us to pray. God wants us to seek him. I believe the word says something like this. Let me just get to it right quickly here. God wants us to cry out to him in prayer. This is when he will demonstrate his power. This is when God will be able to answer the prayers that are being prayed. In Jeremiah 33 and 3, it says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. In 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says, Now, now this is a confidence that we have in him, uh, that if we ask anything according to his will. Now, understand that tonight. According to his will. Amen? Don't just go out there and ask for something off the wall thing. You're going to be disappointed. But you need to pray according to the will of God. And it says here, according to the will, and he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And in Mark 11 and 22 through 24, it says, so Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. There's that word again. Have faith in God. Believe in God. Trust God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. That's what the word says. And does not doubt, does not waver, does not wonder, does not say if he can or will he. It's he is going to. We've got to believe in him, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. God will bless you. God answered a prayer of fire from heaven immediately. In verse 42 through 44, when Elijah prayed for rain, He had to keep at it. There's a little bit of a difference here. When he prayed for fire to come down, it came. Now he's praying for the rain to start again. The word says here that he told his servants to go up and check seven times. Seven times. And on the seventh time, they saw a cloud off in the distance off the water about the size of a man's hand about the size of a man's hand. And it says here, and it came to pass the seventh time that he said, this is a cloud. There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and the wind And there was a heavy rain. Oh, hallelujah. But it took seven times to going 
and praying. He had to keep on praying. There's times in your life when God will answer your prayer just like that. But there's also times in your life that you need to keep on praying. You need to keep on asking. You need to keep on believing. Don't just pray one time and stop and not expect an answer. Oh, that's, that's going against what God stands for. We've got to pray until we feel victory. We've got to pray until God answers our prayer. And he did it here seven times. The difference between the fire coming down and the rain. It took a little more prompting. It took a little more prayer time for Elijah, but he did it. And God heard that prayer. I'm here to tell you tonight, if you're struggling with something in your life and you need God's help, don't stop praying. Don't just pray once, but you pray. You seek God. You read the word of God. You have faith in him. You see, he has given to us everything that we have need of. He will do for us, no matter what it is, if we keep praying and we keep believing. He will do for us what we have need of. We must be stubborn when it comes to prayer. Stubborn. Amen? Let's be stubborn. Let's be picky, whatever you want to call it. Uh, let's pray till we feel in our heart. Uh, we feel that God has heard our prayers. Uh, don't pray me no namby namby sleep, uh, lay now lay me down to sleep type prayer, and then get up and expect you to be delivered from. It's not going to happen. But at the same time, if you have faith in God, you don't have to shout. You don't have to holler. You can whisper. You can be laid in your bed. You can be kneeling down beside your bed. You can be in your car on the way to work, to the shopping mall, or whatever it is. And if you connect with him, if you pray, you don't have to holler, like I said. You don't have to shout. God is not hard of hearing. My family thinks I'm hard of hearing. They'll say something to me, and I won't catch the first word or two, and I'll say, what? They said, Dad, you need to go have your hearing checked. God is not hard of hearing. He hears every prayer that's prayed to him. But I do think sometimes he wants to see how determined we are. He wants to see how determined, how faithful we're going to be to him when we are praying and we're asking him for whatever it is we need. And don't always be there to ask. Always, sometimes be there just to praise him like we did tonight in praise and worship. We praise the Lord, amen? We didn't, we worshiped him. We didn't ask him for anything at that time. We just sought God. But in Matthew 7 and 7 and 8 says this, very, very familiar passage of scripture in closing tonight. It says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives and he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it will be opened. In the original language, this verse means that we are to keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. It's not something that we do one time. We should be knocking continuously, seeking continuously, asking continuously, and God will hear. That's what that means, and that's what we're supposed to do, okay? That's what we're supposed to do, live for the Lord. Tonight, we have talked about the miracles that took place. The rain stopped. Fire came down from heaven. The people dropped to their knees and began to worship the Lord, began to call on God again. They said that he was the true God, and it rained again. So much rain, I believe the word of God says. Now, what happened in the meantime, that sky... 
keeping, became black with clouds and wind. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded him up his loins, and Elijah ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Ran ahead. It rained that much. He told him, you need to go on and get down from the mountain because it's about to rain, boys. That's what he was saying. It's coming. Stand, if you would. Tonight, if there's anything that you need at all, regardless of what it is, it doesn't have to be, it can be anything. These altars are open tonight. I am inviting you to come to the altar and just to seek God and to pray. Remember, Elijah prayed and fire came. But Elijah prayed and it took seven different times for it to rain again. But it rained. Not always is the prayer going to be answered on the first time. But you believe and you hold to God. So if you want to come to these altars, please come. If they have some music they can put on, please do so. But come and seek the Lord for just a time if you would like to. Oh, hallelujah. Come. Prayer team, people, come to the altar. This is a time of, we need this. We need prayer. The message tonight was a lot about praying, a lot about seeking God for whatever it is. If you just want to come and just worship him again and just praise him and thank him for what he's done in your life, come and do that as well. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, tonight for this word. Father, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for your love. Oh, hallelujah, God. And Lord, I pray for everyone that is coming to this altar, coming to bless you, coming to worship you, coming to praise you, God, coming to ask of you, God, to do something special for their life. And God, you're willing and you want to do for them. You want to bless them. You want to heal them. Father, you want to save them. You want to redeem them. God, you want to do for them whatever their needs may be. And Father, we thank you for that tonight. So bless every man, bless every woman, bless everyone in this sanctuary tonight, Father. Lord, God, we should be in this altar worshiping you for, for no other reason, just because we love you, God. We should be seeking you. We should be praising you. We should be bowing before you, God. And Lord, we thank you for that tonight. So bless us in every way, God. Lord, as we continue for a season, for a time, for a moment, God, to give you the glory in Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
the Lord. Just continue praying in the altar if you would like to. But I believe that God is wanting to do more for his church, for his people. Amen? I do believe that. And I'm just asking us as a church that if we could spend a little bit more time in his presence, what great things we would see. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. Lord, I thank you for the word. I thank you for your presence. Father, I thank you for the blessing that you have bestowed upon this congregation. I thank you for everyone that has come out tonight to be a part of your service, to be a part of you tonight. So bless us as we go to our homes, as we go to our jobs. God, that you would just encourage us and take us deeper into your heart, deeper into your bosom, Father. Lord, let us read the word. Let us have knowledge and wisdom of the word. Let us understand what you want for each of us. And Father, I thank you for it. Bless everyone tonight, and I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning.